Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I'm your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. Uh, Facebook, I'm all over Facebook. We got a couple groups there, Beyond the Backstage Pass. It's actually called Just The Backstage Pass and Death by Loadout. Uh, join us there. They're closed roadie groups. Um, check us out. It's pretty fun. Uh, sitting here next to me, my good, good friend, Kyle Thomas. How are you, brother? Not too bad. How about yourself, man? Well, I know you're struggling with a little bit of a little headache today. You got a little tweener. You got a little tweener. sitting all day. I've had a little back thing going on, you know, the curse of the roadie. But, yeah. you, know, you and Al. Right, who does it? Uh, but we come in here and we, we put the best foot forward and we do what we like. Um, what have you been up to this week? We've been, hell, we've been kind of doing a lot of different things. Yeah, we got the podcast all set up finally. So most of the episodes are posted up. Uh, Spotify, Amazon, uh, iTunes, pretty much everywhere you'd normally get a, a podcast, you can receive it now. Um, other than that, we got a bunch of free goodies in from EAW, and uh, I, I'll pull out the some. So you lovely guys can see Jim it. Newhouse, thank you, James, and of course Nancy Diaz, the good people at uh, EAW who we love. We sit, we you know, we sit in front of some of the best speakers in the world. EAW oh, product. They're so nice to and, send us stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they sent us a, a quite a quite a batch of goodies that we intend to share with you kids. Yeah. Now we're trying to figure out. Well, give us give us some ideas. What what, what do we got here? Can so you, can I got I got some home? EAW coffee mugs. I don't know if you can see that at all. Mike, give nice. them a close, will you, baby? Right and then uh, we him. got some socks. If you guys want some socks, they're actually really nice quality socks. Oh. EAW socks. So uh, <laughs> what else we got? We got some lanyards. We got a cup. Nice little cup from Beyond the Backstage Pass right on it. Uh, let's see. Got some sunglasses. You want to ball out with your AW shades and look like Vinny. Here they are. Good luck with that one. Uh, what else we got? We got a couple of shirts. You can get one of these shirts, the one I'm wearing. Uh, we got a Truth and Audio shirts as well. Nice Bernie Broderick shirts. Um, Double-sided action there. Uh, some Celestian hats. Got want some Celestian stuff, and a couple of lanyards and some some pens. We still got. You want Vince's ugly face on your pen? You want to see him on your yes, gig I'm or while you're sitting at the office? right here. <laughs> it's okay. This, this is the hour of this. I'm gonna own his ass by the end. But, Dude, I'm telling you, uh, you want yeah. me up here with a headache. <laughs> Don't and we got. And of the, exactly. We the got perfect. a po pocket reference. Right, this right. this little lifesaver here. I read it while I'm on the can because it's just fun fact extraordinaire. But I'm sure once I'm on gigs. I'm sure it will be put to good use. You may not be able to do it that way. You'll have to read it in other places. Yeah, yeah. Can. Well, I'll be in the honeypot then, you know? You know, whenever you turn up missing, I always know where to come looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're not sending them out individually as my host, uh, co-host uh, shared them with us. The, that's a package. That's the whole package. So it's the hats, the socks, the shirts, the, uh, what the hell, the pocket reference, the pins, whatever. We're trying to figure out how to do it so we can get them out to you know uh, the most loyal viewers that help us with the support of watching this show. So um, if you're interested, the first 10 people that send us some information, like uh, name, address, size, um, we will box them up and send some, some stuff out to you. It would make us very happy. Anything else, Killer? 
He's, we, we had a little technical thing go on with one of our uh, HDMI connections or some shit, so he's reading comments from the right. Oh, uh, yeah, we're all good. Um, other than that, you know, still hammering away at the SXL. Um, other than that, I mean, I've been pushing a bunch of MIDI over IP. I've learned a bunch of network shit. And, and I um, will say on the podcast thing, you know, hats off to you. That initially was a little bit of a pain in the ass, you know, getting them out across all the different platforms. Oh, it sure was, yeah. And, uh, you know, then the work we had to do to kind of tighten them up and make them clean and get them where they need to be. It's a little different lane. But uh, proud of you, and thank you very much. Oh, very, very pleasure. helpful. And, and now we're available to you guys on Spotify and iTunes and, and Pandora. So if you want to hear this as a podcast or the last, this is our 24th episode. So we've got, we'll soon to have 23 episodes up. And they're actually pretty cool to listen to live we've had to go through each one of them uh to verify that our content was good and and i had forgotten some of the stuff that transpired uh during those shows the early shows in particular and that no it was a great, recap. great deal it was super fun you know i think we got about 12 posted right now and hopefully by the end of next week the rest should be all posted up there so all i was gonna say is you've been killing it i don't think well, maybe some folks would understand, but there's actually quite a deal, a uh, bit of effort that goes into getting it done. So thank you. Thank yeah, you very much. My pleasure. Uh, listen, we, we do our best to, to get uh, experienced, uh, important, interesting people in here for you guys. To, we can all talk and hang out with our friends. And tonight is just absolutely no exception. We, we got a very special guest tonight, uh, somebody whose career is absolutely Absolutely fascinating to me. Equally comfortable, you know, mixing a, a show at the famous Slims or the, the Fillmore or the Warfield or out front with the San Francisco Opera with their ballet. Um, incredibly talented woman. Uh, just absolutely adore her. It's the lovely Deanne. How are you, darling? Oh, it's Hi. lovely to Deanne see you. Deanne Franklin's in the house. Thank you. How have you been doing, sweetie? I've been doing, you know, surprisingly very well. I've I went through a few things. Uh, let's see, three fractured ribs, had some teeth pulled. This just is all in the a, last recent minute. Just Yeah, just yeah. all in the past like three and a half weeks. <laughs> I've had all this stuff done. But, um, but very happy to be uh, overall healthy and um, my people are healthy and um, yeah, happy. Good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a little tricky navigating the keeping the mental uh, health good during this nutty time. You know, you and I would be normally at this point of the year very, very busy. Yes. And that's just not the case. Um, let's let's start from the beginning. As you know, I don't I don't interview linearly. It's not going to be ABCD. We're going to jump around a little bit. But you have a career that is absolutely fascinating. And let's get into it. First of all, origin stories. We we like to hear we kind of wicked wicked take you down the, the well, sound road, the audio game. How did you get in the business? I guess um, it started with punk rock. I just, I literally, uh, um, I, I, when I was in high school, I saw um, the Sex Pistols article in Cream magazine, and um, it changed my life. <laughs> I was... Uh, I got to be at that age 14 and uh, got myself a job at a record store and, um, you know, go licorice pizza of orange. Oh, I, I do remember licorice all my pizza. Old, all my old friends yeah. from licorice pizza of orange. Uh, but that, um, that 
introduced me to a whole nother group of people that yeah. were wonderful and, and um, huge music fans. And uh, I just, I started then as a record collector and I was in high school, obviously, but I was going to shows every night. And I, I was, I grew up in uh, Orange County, California, so there were no shows there. I used to um, hitchhike to LA or mm -hmm. find myself a ride out there. Sure. Um, but uh, going to the mask, going to various punk rock clubs of, of that time. Did you ever go to the church or the uh, Olympic or some of the really yeah. early L.A. foundational punk rock oh, spots? Yeah. Great um, shows, early stuff, Circle Jerks, Black Flag stuff. Yeah, but germs. see, when, for me it was like, um, let's see, Hong Kong Cafe oh, yeah. and... Uh, uh, Madame Wong's was, they were both, uh, that was like the second set of places that you started to go when the mask started to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and I saw, you know, shows would go on there till 6 a.m. and then I'd have to be at school at 7 a.m. And it was pretty crazy. I don't think I slept a lot um, in those first few years of high school. and. I had a boyfriend in a band, and he was in the band called The Middle Class, uh -huh. and they were the fastest punk rock band on the West Coast. Wow, so, that's saying something. It, it was saying something. Um, but see, after a while, the shows out there started to get, the shows in Orange, that started up in Orange County um, started to get a little too uh, rough. I guess it, it's like all the all the fun kind of went out of it for me because it was it kind of became like lots of guys that wanted to beat the crap out of each other in a circle in the middle of a floor and well, it just took it took a lot of the fun away for me. I anyway. you're not the only one I've heard say that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the L.A. original L.A. scene was was rough and and hard and there was a lot of angry um, disaffected youth. But that was that, and they kind of yeah. slowly through time matured and that kind of started to go away a little bit. And, yeah. And we kind of understood we, we were learning on the job early days <laughs> punk rock. Oh, yeah, you know, we were course. figuring it all out. Let's of let's course. let's talk about your your working career though. You've mixed with some really fun, incredible artists. A few yeah. of them I know to be a little tricky, and I want to talk to you about it. Talk to us about working with Tom Waits. Oh, well, um, later, on in, later on in, in, uh, in my world, I, uh, I was working with the Breeders, actually, and mixing the Breeders L7 and the Namgyal Monks mm. at the... Um, at the uh, uh, Lollapalooza, I think it was 93. The second, third one, the third Lollapalooza. Yeah, if it was the third, 91, second, 92, 93. It was, was that what it, yeah. yeah. I d can't keep track, but that, yeah. So um, I did that tour and the, um, one of the main uh, people on that tour, uh, Stuart Ross, mm -hmm. uh, managed Tom Waits. And he called me about six months later and asked if I'd be interested in touring with Tom Waits and mixing front of house. And I said, 
are you're joking with me? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And he said, no, I just really like your approach at mixing. I really like the way that you make things sound. And I would love to have you come on board with us. And Did you find him to be any kind of special challenges, anything? Uh, you mean working with Tom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, to start out with, uh, he did not want me. He wanted uh, his recording engineer or any one of his recording engineers, and he had no desire to have me involved in it at all. Um, and about three weeks into the first tour I did with him, he, I was literally at the airport and I, I saw San Francisco and then I saw wherever it was we were going and I thought, I'm just gonna get on the flight to San Francisco. I, I don't wanna deal with this shit anymore. Yeah. Um, and he uh, pulled me aside and basically said, I'm a horse's ass. Just ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the best it's ever been. I just want it to be better all the time and I'm just a pain in the ass. And basically, he convinced me, to, I said, you just convinced me not to get on that flight to San Francisco. Amazing. Uh, so uh, from there on out, uh, I worked with him for all, their, all the live tours he did from there on out. Um, I find him to be utterly fascinating. He's, uh, he's uh, as, as a human being. He, he's, he's so all over the place. And once he met my mother, it was all over. Yeah. But, but he and my mother fell in love with each other. And I, I just, uh, <laughs> I have many, those stories go on and on. But she came to all the shows that she could of his and mm -hmm. hung out at front of house with me. And uh, yeah. It, Pretty good stuff. Huh? Yeah, great stuff. And and just you know, he he is a special human being and one of a kind. Uh, truly, one of, one of truly, the most unique artists in the game. His uh, mixing him has got to be very tricky. That the, the, his register where he lives in the in the spectrum of sound and frequencies, you know, such a specific place. And but yes. but what a treat! I when I, when I've had my interactions with him, which are you know infrequent, few and far between, but always good, always extraordinarily right. interesting. Let's yeah. move on to another an artist I know that puts on a hell of a show, but presents specific challenges because of the way she does the show. Pink, we know you're you're front of house on Pink. Um, I have to say one of the gravest and and, and most sad mistakes I ever made was. Uh, I was working with Pink and loving working with Pink. I, I can't say. She's a say, belter. She can sing her she, ass off. Oh, she, she could sing. Uh, we, we we never used a we never used a track on her. She she was always. Well, her alive. backup band shreds. They got a great guitar snapping. Well, and was, her band was terrific, and she let me mix the band with her, which a lot of band a lot of people in that. That genre yeah. want you to keep the tracks up and the band in the background you know right. um kesha for instance likes more you know she liked more track than band but um i i made a huge uh, uh mistake i left working for pink because uh i uh beck asked me to come work for them and for him and I, it was 
I had just gotten over there. You know, there's a lot of traumatic things that happen between bands and management and, sure. and management and crew. And uh, I had been working with Natalie Merchant for a year and her manager at that time uh, was uh, just someone that I did not get along with. And I was concerned that what was going to happen what was going to happen with Pink was what had happened with, uh, with uh, uh, Natalie. Mm. And so I kind of, I, I was like, management doesn't really like me. She's going to end up firing me. She's gonna, I was making up stories in my head and yeah, I left. Never good. Yeah. And, and, and I left working for Pink, which is, you know, still... One of those things I hold in my head is one of the worst mistakes I ever made. We live and learn. There may have been yeah. a larger cosmic I mean, reason that that needed to happen. Yeah, and that, sure, yeah. I mean, it, sure. it's, it's all. It was all fine, and and great. But I really, really loved working with her. I, I gotta say, true professional. Yes. Serious badass puts on seriously. a hell of a show, and, and her, a seriously fine woman. Yeah. Just a fine, fine. See, I always woman. found her to be kind of like one of the guys. Yeah, you know, there's just a quality That's, about her, you know, yeah. when, when you know there's no audience and you're just kicking it and getting things done and you know breaking out on sound check or whatever. She's just like one of the guys. She, the way she comports herself, the way she interacts with us, she's she's always felt like a crew member almost, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just adorable. Um, I know you did some. Uh, uh, you worked at <coughs> Slims and uh, which of course fascinating place Slims. Uh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that's the place you see bands on the way up and on the way down, and. Sadly, recently they just they just closed the doors. It was and they had, they it finally got it really nice in there too. You know where they dialed it in. It was mm. it was running on all cylinders as far as I could tell at the end there. But they went down. But you also worked at the I Beam. I personally at the I Beam was at the I Beam one night, slamming my brains out to something with friends and knocked myself out on one of the beams. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the beam? That's one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> I straight, uh, straight man. just concussed out like sleepy night night. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah. totally see that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, I think it was like a sister double happiness show or something Done. like that. I was and, probably mixing that because uh, they were be one surprised. of my bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I enjoy them a great deal a great yes. deal me too me um, too well you know uh, i know you've been having to keep yourself busy and you have more skills and we'll, we're again we're bouncing we're going back and forth yeah, okay. but but you know we've all been trying to figure out how to keep nickels in our in our pockets and yes you had a background early early in your life where you had uh, you're a certified beautician i believe yeah hairstylist so i know you've been kind of doing kind of Giving yeah. haircuts to folks yeah. uh, to keep in mind. How's that working out for you? I know you got a little, we got a little thing. If anybody's interested in the Bay Area, yeah, I've got a card. Oh, there it is. Uh, and, yeah, um, and this that's is, Willie Nelson's. That is bus Willie's bus glass. Originally, yeah. Yeah, uh, my, yeah, my one of his friend old. found an old picture of uh, Willie's bus and, and put clippers on the front of it and said, What do you think of that for a logo? And I was like, Absolutely. She just picked it. It was so perfect. Perfect. Yeah. But um, yeah, SF. doing that in my backyard in Los Angeles, um, in Los Angeles, in San Francisco. Um, you see, you're taking me back and forth, and I'm getting confused <laughs> about where I am. Uh, but um, yeah, so I'm I'm doing hair in San Francisco. Um, I will come to you, you can come to me. We do it outdoors with masks and 
gloves and shields and all all the good stuff. So if anybody's interested, just refer no, to that that, that number that refer to all that, that stuff and they can and get a, a haircut by a, one of the more badass A ones in the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I, tell me stories. Yeah. I love stories. Yeah, that's what so, it's all about. You know, um, but yeah. So I I uh, I uh, left high school uh, before it was um, in my senior year um, and went to hair school. And I went to Vidal Sassoon Academy wow. in uh, Los Angeles. Gotcha. And uh, got yeah, got my uh, cosmetology license. And so um, in our business, it's always yeah. good to have a kind of a second, a fallback position, you know. That was it. And uh, so I think a lot of us have skills like that. Many of us are carpenters or plumbers or whatever, you know, exactly. stuff you can do on those three or four months a year when you're not working winter and so on. Yeah. Uh, um, talk, talk to us about it's, it's fascinating to me. Again, I, I, you know, we'll get to it. We're running around here. But I mean, I, I know you, you know, you, you did what, eight or nine years with the breeders, but you also are out in front of house for the SF Ballet. Talk to um, us about that. What are the special challenges of mixing for a ballet? Well, uh, especially a, kind of an internationally acclaimed ballet. This is not just anybody. This is like some shit. They're amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, and they have an amazing orchestra. And mm -hmm. um, I feel uh, really lucky. Uh, in 2007, they took um, those of us that were on the crew at the Fillmore and grandfathered us into uh, Local 16. So we were then uh, uh, journey people in mm -hmm. the union. And um, through working terrible gigs <laughs> with the union, some of them, um, eventually uh, something opened up at the San Francisco Ballet, which um, it was because they needed someone that knew how to run an SD10, and uh, they'd gone through every uh, possible male candidate that they could come by, and it seemed that many of those male candidates had mentioned my name in, in going along, and then it came to me, and, I, and they said, can you give us three months of, you know, or six weeks, I can't remember, um, of your of your life. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course. I would love to come mix the ballet. And then the next thing I knew, I, was, I went to London with the ballet. I went to uh, uh, DC with the ballet. Um, and um, now there's a new boss at the ballet, um, which is uh, uh, Lisa Woodward. So she will be my new boss mm -hmm. over there. Um, and we haven't had a chance to actually do anything because they... Of course, yeah. Because that's, that's how COVID is. Well, yeah. but it, you'll be back with that. Yeah, I, I, I hope to, really. I, I enjoyed it. You, you know, did enjoy so that. Much. Yeah, really. Oh, my it's God. Mixing... Uh, mixing I, um, I toured with David Byrne with a string section, um, and I did some work with Mike Patton with a you're, full you're, orchestra. You're just getting into all my questions now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, you know, I did a lot a of many, you know, different rock and roll things that also had um, uh, orchestras involved, mm -hmm. and so therefore, I, I it just felt like 
a very comfortable place. Although it's completely, it's completely live. You're on the fifth floor. You're yes. completely. You can't. You're watching it on a video yeah, screen. It's isolated. It's very isolated. It's a, a different. It's more of a recording studio situation. So well, talk like, to me about that. So you've been a venues person. You know, Slims, yeah. uh, Fillmore, uh, Warfield. Uh, Bimbos, I believe, even. Even. Yeah, and and of course a touring engineer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which do you prefer, and why? Of the two, a house person well, I mean, or a I, touring person? Oh. Um, I I have really loved most jobs that I've had. I I you know I can't. It's like when I was doing monitors all the time, I thought, that's it. I want to be a monitor engineer. I, I do a hell of a good monitor mix, and people are happy, and that makes me happy, and da-da-da-da-da. And then all of a sudden, I was a front-of-house engineer, and I was only getting front-of-house gigs. And I was like, I love doing front-of-house, and people like my work, and I like doing that. you know. So, um, And uh, I started out in the studio, so... Um, I uh, I thought that I mean I thought that was where I was going to be for the rest of my life, like a, a in the studio. Head. I thought uh -huh. producing records was what I that was what I got into this for. Uh, but that just I, I could only make money doing live sound, so I moved into the live department because it was where the cash was for me. So no preference, you just, you enjoy both and find out, that's what I'm hearing. Yes. And you make the best of both. Yeah. 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 I, I enjoy, I enjoy mixing and I enjoy being appreciated for the work that I do. And I love, I love having the band happy on stage if I'm mixing monitors. And I love the audience telling me how awesome it sounded if they were in the audience and I was mixing. It just, it's, it's a joy. There is nothing like that yeah. immediate feedback yeah. uh, that you get from the audience or when you know you got a happy band on stage exactly. doing monitors. And, exactly. and uh, there's a kind of a, an interesting, um, hard to explain satisfaction that comes from that. Yeah. Like you said, it kind exactly. of a smile pops up with a third song when you know you get it all dialed in yeah. and everybody's happy. When and you see them bouncing, yeah. having a show yeah. that, That's you know. Great stuff. Yeah, it's wonderful. Let it's me drag true. you around over to the Fillmore West, which is a legendary spot. Fillmore is... I a, lost my lighter. I'm oh, sorry, honey, may I? Yeah, you, of course. Uh, no problem. Um, the Fillmore... West, uh, Fillmore here in San Francisco is a, is a really remarkable place. It's, there's not many things to compare it to. Almost everybody has played there. I know you've had a relationship with the, with the facilities and our good friend Tony Belancolano over there since, what, thump, thump. 97 thump, till thump. currently, right? Well, since, well, since uh, Paul Majeski, and that would be 87 or 88 at the Warfield and again before when was the big earthquake that uh, shut 91, down 91 i think yeah so uh. i would um paul majeski then was the house sound engineer at the um at the film war mm -hmm. and uh i would come in with bands like the beatniks you sure. know or whatever you know opening for the butthole surfers or something else, whatever. And right. and Paul Majeski was the guy. Yeah. And, Legend. You know, um, he 
and then he pulled me in over at the Warfield. Um, he's, uh, he, I miss him terribly. Yeah. And then there, and then Tony just is the heartbeat. That, what that, an amazing that cat, keeps, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that keeps the, the Fillmore alive, you know? It yeah. wouldn't be there without him. It wouldn't. He's uh, he's kind of a genius at what he does, and, he, and somehow makes and he it almost it, look makes it look easy. Yeah, right? he does it yeah. with, nah, you know? Yeah. And only those of us that really know him will he really bitch to. Oh, <laughs> you know what it. I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. So, um, one of the best yeah. sense of humor is in rock and roll, though. Oh, uh, without I, I, a doubt. One of the, I don't know, there's just something oh. very enjoyable about hanging out and spending time with him. Yeah. Uh, I know recently you did one that, something that popped off the resume for me uh, that I thought was interesting. I wanted you to share your experiences with us. Uh, recently you worked with Eric Burden and the Animals. How was that? What was That's, that like? Well, I mean, he's a friggin' legend. But he's, gosh, he's a legend. He's really getting up there at this point. How is this? How did that go? Did he do well? Yeah, he did he's, great. Yeah. I mean, he's a pro. He, he's a pro. He's a he's a super pro. He's he's a, a a super delight. He has stories that you just can't tell the way that he tells them. He's had um, and his wife who is Greek. They've, mm. they, I think they're now settled in Greece uh, with her family. Um, but uh, just since COVID and, and all of that. But uh, I, I, I terribly miss doing shows with him. I, I just, he's, he's someone that's so genuinely, his, when he meets a fan, there's, you know, I mean, his wife has to pull him away from. No, he's fans. a he's a professional rock star that absolutely understands the the importance of of you know interacting with the, the his fans and his fans yeah. are legion, they're huge. Yeah. And they're yeah. forty years strong. Yeah. I mean, you know, this <laughs> at, is, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. A, it's a real thing. Yeah. Let's no. jump across from Mr. Burden, who's again a legend, to. Um, Working with uh, the Peeping Toms, Mike Patton and the Peeping Toms. What was oh, that? What man. was that like? Peeping Tom. <laughs> oh, I gotta say. Mike Patton can be an absolute handful. Mike Patton is, to me, well, see, I, I, I guess, you know, I met him, and the reason that we know each other at, at all is because I met him when he was so young. You know, and Mr. he Bungle, was, Faith he no was Mr. Bungle. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, um, I knew the Faith No More guys from from when they had back when, <laughs> like when Lynn Perko was drumming, like early days. Well, no, no, Lynn Perko, but uh, but they when uh, you know Courtney sang for a show. Mm -hmm. um, they had a homeless guy uh, that was their singer that they'd have to put posters up like weeks in advance to make sure that he would make it there to a show because they didn't know <laughs> so where to find him or how to find him. Route, huh? But yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, and I met them because of, uh, Bill, because Billy was in, um, uh, what was that band that did Grateful Dead covers oh, with, shit. with uh, Popo Pies? That's what it was called. It, that's how you and got Joe Popo Pie. That's how you got. And that's how I met that. them because, you know. And then I stayed on. I, I actually, when I first moved to San Francisco, I spent half the time at my friend Lisa's house and half the time on their floor. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and I had a job at a hair, hair salon 
you know, yeah. down the street in the mission. It's it was pretty know. enjoyable working with Mike Patton. Very. So anyway, yes, moving on to Mike Patton. Yeah. Um, I, um, I adore him uh, like, like, a, like a little brother. Energy abounds in this man. I can't, one of the and most, the, oh, uh, oh. the artistic energy is, it, it's, it's boiling, it's beyond boiling point. I was amazing. doing a show, I don't remember, it was a New Year's Eve show at the Palace, and it was, a, I think the lineup was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, Bungle, and Mr. Bungle. And they opened up, obviously, and the crowd was kind of ignoring him, it was still you know, filing in. And so he pulled off his boot, and excuse me, this, just, this happened. He pulled off his boot, <laughs> and he peed in it, and drank it. And the whole place just like they had it. They, he had their attention, and then he went on and and <laughs> and did his show. Uh, I, it, you, you notice I'm not like shocked. No, 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 no. no. If yeah. you have worked with this man, you will understand exactly. And uh, but, but man, can he command the stage or what? That guy really knows how to work the audience. I'm always impressed with his his, his showmanship. The um, Italian opera stuff. Uh, is is I mean well Peeping Tom, I I absolutely loved um, and his partner on Peeping Tom was uh, oh come on somebody's got to help me with this. Uh, they can look it up. Have, DJ, have them Google it. Just tell them to Google it. Somebody just Google, Google it. it. Peeping, Peeping Tom's Tom. guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, that th we had. Um, we had uh, the, guy, the, the, the beatboxer from... Uh, Sweetie, are you still trying to find it? Let's, let's leave no, it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I, do, I have like I terrible memory for stuff. Um, but Rozel was the beatboxer, and he used to be in another band that... Uh, he does the, the band that does late night... Anyway, uh, the roots. Um, the roots. Thank about. you. He yeah. was the beatboxer for the roots, um, and he toured with us for most of the time. And then we had a young girl that uh, uh, Butterscotch who came out and beatboxed with us for for the stuff that he couldn't do, and she was phenomenal. And it was just like he, the people that came to him and the people that that wanted to work with him. Yeah. If he needed a keyboard player, you found a you got a keyboard yeah, a player that you block. had never yeah. met before that could play stuff you couldn't believe. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise so, me anyway, bit. just phenomenal. And then I, of course, I, I love the, uh, the Italian uh, orche orchestral uh, stuff. Worth and, it either. And all, yeah. of his, uh, all of his screaming stuff. It, yeah, the varied Fantastic. incarnations what an of... Fantastic, what an amazing human yeah, and I an would, amazing it, uh, artist. I would advise yeah. anybody out there that's not familiar with some of the things we're talking about, dig into Mike Patton's history and you'll find a lot of really interesting, And if you don't like one stuff. thing... Try another. Try another thing. It'll be I would highly else. recommend they check yeah. into Mr. Bungle. That's a very well, course, unique sound, very yes. specific thing, and it's there's no music like it. There's no band like them, and they're they're no. pretty goddamn good. Plus, uh, I'm down with anybody who is sued by John Travolta uh, <laughs> and for writing a song co uh, called Travolta, not Travolta. It was oh, uh, I love that. That, is that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's yeah. let's move on. Um, okay. You mentioned earlier one of my favorite. 
it's it's one of the parts where I can show my softer side, which is not an, a frequent thing that happens. But Natalie Merchant, I really, really love Natalie. Now, I know from experience with 10,000 Maniacs that she can be extremely demanding, but man, her lyrics are the, just a great artist. Did, any special challenges, any special memories with working with Natalie Merchant? Um, my, my only issues with Natalie Merchant was her management. You know, this is always going to be part of our career. You know this. Part yes. of our career, dealing with management, this is road management, this is, uh, you know, house management, it doesn't matter. There's no, always going to be a thing. She, she doesn't, she's no longer managed by this person. And mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the politics of it. There yeah. were kickbacks somewhere. I couldn't get rid of the sound company. The PA was terrible. She hated it. I hated it. And a year into it, I just couldn't take it anymore. You, you bailed <laughs> out. It, it, I just, it was like, no. Nah, yeah. You're signing your name to those shows every time. And I, yeah. if I can't, if we can't negotiate our way to where we need to be, yeah. particularly, let's say, in gear and yeah. an, an approach, that's when you got to pull the ripcord, yeah. get the hell out of there. And, and she cried. But, uh, but in the she door, wanted, wonderful she lady. Was, huh? She just wanted me to stay so kind. badly. And she was so lovely, and yeah. you know, I mean, we actually Great. had took a break off the tour because there, because she and her uh, husband, who was the drummer or boyfriend, who was the drummer, their dog um, was dying, yeah. and so they canceled a certain portion of the tour. We had like snow days, what we whatever we called it, like sure. two weeks off, and and uh, I mean, like she's like the real deal. You know. About as good as it gets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we talk, You mentioned Dave Byrne. Another, some of the star. Yeah. you know, I went through, your resume is huge, and so I had to pull stuff out, but I tended to pull stuff out knowing from pers personal first-hand experience, um, the ones that can be, uh, can be a handful, and because they make for more interesting stories. And I know Mr. Byrne from the heads, actually. My experience with him was from Talking Heads. And uh, I mean, my brother could speak to this at length. And yeah. extraordinarily talented band, extraordinarily talented oh, yeah. man. This is no dummy. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I particularly enjoyed Jerry Harrison. Got go with him. Great. He's a he's he's great amazing. producer. Yeah, sweet yeah. Sweet um, Great guitarist. I worked with him a number of times with different bands that I worked with. That yeah. I did. You know, there uh, he worked with a lot of younger bands. Yeah, Jerry he produced Harrison and live produced a lot, and, a and I did a bunch stuff. of this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Alongside yeah. him, but amazing. Um, uh, feelings on Dave Byrne. How was that for you? <laughs> I mean, there to me, there was no better mix, better band to mix than a band whose leader wanted absolutely everyone on ears, no amps on stage. Uh, I mean, it, you know. Oh, I know. It was, <laughs> know he exactly. knew, he knew what would sound good. Not just that, he, you know, he's I mean, um, one of the rare artist that actually understands the technology to some degree, yes. and he knows what can be done. Yep. So you can't give him the, well, the amps have got to be there. Right. The, right. You, you have to have monitors. You have to. Yeah. You know, he, he knows fairly well. No, the oh, bass yeah. player had a, had a sub plate um, underneath his feet with a, an amp attached to it so he could feel it under, he could feel the stage moving under his feet. Wow. You had... Uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, we did Carnegie Hall. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I, I can't 
It sounds like it was very special for it you. It was very special, not to mention the very first week I worked with him, he did something that apparently he never does and I never saw him do it again, but he sang happy birthday to me from the stage and I have it on tape somewhere, that's which a, I should find. That's a pretty but, impressive thing. Yeah, and that was my first week working for He's him. He's not a sentimental guy. No, not like that kind of, of guy. I, mean, so I don't know where that, that came from, but kind of, it is like kind of, somebody got him to do it and he did it. Yeah. And, uh, that that was pretty special for me. Um, well, he must have thought you were pretty special. That's why he did it. Uh, I, um, he's a one of a kind. He's a one of a kind. And, and I'll have to say, um, uh, working with both uh, him and uh, Tom Waits, working with Chris Isaac, working with a lot of male uh, singers who, as they get older, their voices get better yeah. and better and richer. And One, fuller, and that it's list, amazing to me. I would say the best example now. This is Chris, yeah. Chris, who I've been dealing with since the middle '80s. Yeah. Uh, just a sweet, your sweet, sweet guy. I mean, him. It, and I yeah. love the the Chris and Kenny show. You know, when Kenny yeah. and him get together. Oh yeah. There's drummer, and yeah, oh, yeah. you almost never see Chris without Kenny. No. And uh, I swear to God, <laughs> you you better be ready because you're going to have some sore, you know, face yeah. muscles yeah. because the giggle will not stop. It's just I love those guys. I'm hoping to get them in here and we'll do some stuff oh, with them, gosh. some streaming throughout. You know, put Kenny up here on our drum riser and have him do his thing because just uh, please you do know, and, please. And just I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a better uh, uh, guy in the business. No. He's right up there with, for my fondness with him, is with like Dave Grohl. You know, just a, yeah. just a sweetheart the sweet, of a man. Sweet. A, a, and a I, great and at I what have he does. huge history with Dave Grohl. I know you do. And the, and the just whole Just one of the best of, guys in the game. One of the, you know, the best people makes in you, the world. He's yeah. just one of us. Uh, you mentioned the breeders. Now, uh, you know, I have some history with Pixies, of course, you know, Black Francis, Frank Black, and the Pixies, of course, Kim. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've only seen the the, the, the breeders. You, you worked with them, I believe, what, 91 to 97. They're a really formative part of that, that yeah. band. Um, how was it working with Kim and her sister? I know that they, they you know, she's adore, she's delightful. I know for a minute there, there was a little bit of a bump in the road when it came to some, the periodic table, I think, got involved a little bit. Did you experience any troubles doing that? What was your experience overall with the, with the breeders? You know, um, problems, I, I mean, you know, I think there's, any kind of problems when you work with a group of people that tightly for that long, there are uh, disagreements and, and things. But I'll tell you that as far as I'm concerned, I probably learned more about sound from working with uh, Kim Deal than anyone else I ever worked with. Formidable woman. She, she is. She, she literally said, yeah. I want the mix like this. I want the drums here. I want the bass here. Yeah. And I want the guitars here. And I want the vocals here. Right. <laughs> and I mean, you're she's like, been doing this her whole okay. life. You know, you know I mean, like, yeah. all right, I think yeah. I understand what you mean. But, I, but, uh, uh, sonically, uh, she, I, don't, I just don't know that there's a more sonic genius 
um, well, I, in the world. I, I have to agree with it. They bring uh, their their special sauce is actually extra special, and mm -hmm. they they come they bring it hard, yeah. and uh, a thrilling band, super fun to see. Um, you yeah. know, great great songwriter. She did a really great job. It was I was surprised how well that project turned out. You know, considering mm -hmm. the project the 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 catalog that they have with the Pixies, which is you know that's some cool. I did monitors shit. for the Pixies, but I don't. I, I know for sure, for a fact that she doesn't remember that. <laughs> um, but I had been hired. Uh, it was like mid tour, and it was the Jane's Addiction, Pixies, Primus, mm. and uh, Primus was desperate for a monitor engineer. They were mid tour, okay. and I was in Seattle, and they just said, "Please come do you know? Please come do this." And I was like, okay. And that same day, the Pixies uh, manager or somebody came up to me and said, will you please do us too? Because like, I guess it was the sound tech that was doing uh, uh, Jane's Addiction was yeah. not treating them well, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, well, shit, I'm out here. Hell yeah! yeah <laughs> Why not? That doesn't last long with Perry because he will climb up your ass with a microscope. And well, I didn't it, have to work with him, so uh, I was fine. Yeah. And but he was apparently, but his monitor engineer was apparently not okay with mixing Pixies and Primus. So I just got to do the two bands, those two bands, and sonically very interesting. It's um, with Les's unique bass style and voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, that had to be a little. Uh, I worked with Les. Long time, actually met him as a hairdresser. Um, I did his hair at a shop in Berkeley, and then, like, two years later, ran into him as a sound engineer at the night break, and he's like, there you are! I've been looking for you! And he came to my house and, like, had his hair done <laughs> from me, So that, which is pretty fun. I mean, weird stuff works over the years, yeah. you, you know, yeah. small town. Well, yeah. staying in that same lane, because again, I've noticed in your, in your resume and, and knowing your, the history of you, you've had some, some of your artists have been some of the more, first of all, technically proficient in their own right, therefore adding some, a couple extra layers of, of uh, uh, how do you explain it? Beck. You worked with Beck. Yes. Beck does most of what he does by himself half the time and then gets people to come out and do it live with him. I mean, he, there's not much you're going to get by Beck if, uh, if he doesn't want it to happen. What, how yeah. was you, uh, thrilling artist live, really puts on a show. How did you like mixing for well, Beck? Well, I mean, originally seeing Beck, first times I saw Beck were on that, that same Lollapalooza that I was doing the Breeders and well, that's L7 the first time I saw him and as well. all that. Yeah. And he would just come out and play in between yeah. And uh, Terry Pearson, who, God bless you, Terry Pearson, I love you, uh -huh. um, uh, would, would mix him when he would come out and do his thing. Um, and, uh, and then um, when I got the call from his management to uh, work with him, uh, there were some there were some unfortunate events that made that not last very long he 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 actually uh shortly thereafter uh fired his management which fired the crew which fired everybody but 
I, 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 I worked a long time with, with, with Smokey Hormel, who was guitar player for many years mm -hmm. back. He also worked with Tom Waits mm -hmm. and, and just an amazing player, an amazing yeah. human. He's and, kind of a badass, yeah, no so doubt about that. Just, just an, one of those people that made, you know, I mean, you know, and of course the band that played with Beck made just made everything even better. But it was it was during that time of um, what was the album he put out that was uh, it was so. I am terrible with names. It was well anyway. It was a heart wrenching. It was all like heartbreaking. <laughs> songs. He's a really, deep guy. Uh, he's really, Beck brings and it. I've got to say, he always treated me with the utmost respect. He was oh, always total professional. Like yeah. even when I wasn't working with him, he was, he was like, you would see me in a hallway if we were on the same tour. Hey, Deanne, what's going on? Yeah. Like always very personable and very sweet. And I worked with Luna over the years yeah. from way back when mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. back to recently. Um, and uh, <laughs> I just, I remember him coming backstage at a Luna show and, and uh, saying, you know, such, talking about such and such an album, I don't remember, I'm not sure which Luna album it was. <laughs> he said, God, my girlfriend and I have sex to that album all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the the sex album. <laughs> and I just cracked up. Yeah. I'm like, you know, only Beck would just come backstage and that's the those are the words that come out and that's what you take from that conversation. That he was, is a was very singular special guy special very special yeah, very yeah. cool very yeah, yeah. i've always very found him to be guy. like a high functioning introvert yeah you know yeah. like if he had but his choice very but very kind and and you can be an introvert and, and be kind absolutely no but i mean like yeah. very like he would he would recognize you know you on the street and be just super open he's a sweet guy yeah um, cool. One of the ones that, uh, one of your artists that you worked with out front of house, um, I know to be, uh, well, put on a hell of a show depending on which tour you catch her in, is Kesha. She, man, we, I've seen her do some stuff that was just, you know, jaw dropping yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, any special moments, special memories of working with Kesha? No, I just, you know, I, I think we had some, um, I think we had musical disagreements and it's possibly, I have to say, the first artist, first and only artist I've ever worked with where I had that situation happen. She's a very headstrong young lady. It, she is she very headstrong and she had some, and I, and I really tried to really listen to what she was saying, but she had the most amazing band playing yeah. with her. And All hired guns. Yeah, and the fact that she, really just i was never burying the band enough in the track <laughs> for her and and that was i mean you know i appreciate almost criminal to bury that band and and it was yeah. and that's how yeah. it felt to me because yeah. i don't come from track land i come from rock land I, I you know so it was and that and and i have to say that was like i said that i i still believe it's like the only artist I've ever worked with that I just had, I, I had actual artistic disagreement with. 
yeah. in, in terms of mixing. So, um, but, uh, you know, she's a dog lover. Her mom's a dog lover. They rescue dogs. They're let's, into let's, it. Let's talk about the dog thing because, listen, I know a little thing that many people that definitely know about you and know of you in your reputation, which definitely, you know, precedes you. Um, but you have a special spot, you and your sister, for, for dogs in need. Talk to us about that. You set up a little thing. Give me some details on that. Well, um, my whole trip with Jumbo Sound, which is my sort of name of company, name of email, everything else is because of my dog named Jumbo. Okay. Um, who has since passed away, but he lived to be 14 and a half, and he was... Probably a very happy life he had. A wonderful Great Dane mix that uh, we found on the street as a tiny, tiny puppy. Um, but my sister started a rescue at about that same time uh, for senior dogs, uh, all dogs seven and older, called Muttville. And uh, Muttville, before Muttville, there were no rescues for senior dogs. Um, they basically, senior dogs went to the pound, you took your senior dog to the pound because it had something wrong with it and you didn't have the heart or the soul to put it down and so you took it to the pound so they'd have to do it. Yeah. Um, my sister is a saint and she started something very new that, that has now and since become quite a big it's a real concern. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real, real thing, thing now. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. so she's everywhere. She she is uh, she was a CNN uh, top ten um, uh, kind of a humanitarian uh, humanitarian award winner. That's right. And um, CNN has been super good to them. Uh, Oprah. She was a big winner on Oprah. Got a car and Rightfully everything so. else. Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, um, and she's, uh, that's what she does. She does it 24 hours, seven days a week. It's her life. It is her life. And you've and helped with that. I, I try to help as much as I can. Sure. I do. I, I, I love it so much. I, I'm, I, my problem is I fall in love with every dog. I want to take them sure. all home with yeah. me. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit of a, you know. But I'm, I'm as much a help as I can be. And every year they have a big um, fundraiser. And usually when we do the live thing, I bring in PA and do, you know, do what I can do. That's your do contribution my to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a big contribution. To, you yeah. know, that's a big thing. That, well, let me ask you this. You know, we've been lucky to have uh, a few minutes in this game. It's, we're not, you know, we're uh, the mature mm -hmm. part of the deal. And mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice to the youngsters, to the young people that have wanted to do what we do? You know, be be roadies or whatever they would call themselves uh, nowadays. Do you have any advice for the, the youth of America, how to get into this job, if they should even consider it? <laughs> I mean, right now is a hard time. Yeah. I gotta say, it's yeah. rough. But um, I will say, if you have the love 
of music the way that I did, I, there was no way that I could not do what I, what I do uh, and, and what I'm doing here yeah. and what I do now. Um, it's, it's, it can be a calling. It can actually, it, it, yeah. It, for me, I, it was a calling, and it was not a calling from a schooling or a electronics or a mathematical or anything. It was just from an artistic calling. I do not play an instrument. I am a fan. I am a music fan. And all I wanted to do was hear music the way that I wanted to hear it. Yeah, be and, around it. And be around it be and be a part of it. And, That's right. You know, I didn't want to be somebody's girlfriend or, so, you know what I mean? I, sure. it's, it's like none of that stuff interested me. What I wanted was to be in it and, and live a part of it. And whatever part of that... You know, for me, it was sound. For other people, it's been, you know, lighting. And for other people, it's been, uh, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> but you start out where you start out. You, you, you can start out in a studio. You can start out pushing boxes. You eventually find what, what your niche might be, That's you right. know. Yeah. And, um, you know, as soon as this starts coming back again. It will. Um, as it will, because... People love live music. Uh, people love live theater. Uh, getting into it through theater, getting into it through music, getting into it through ballet, getting into it um, from any direction. Um, uh, Is your advice that if you love music, um, just hold on tight, we'll be back? Um, I'd, say, I'd say that's a good, that's a good way to say kind it. Kind of summary of it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say... I can't imagine you or me doing anything else. I, re I really honestly cannot. I can't. I, I mean, is... yes, I'm doing hair to make some money. But there was a reason why I left that business because... It didn't speak to you. It's, it, it doesn't speak to me in that way. Yeah. It doesn't speak to me in that way that, that music... We work based on passion. My soul. It's, it's, it, it's all yeah, about passion. That's right. And and um and it's hard these days. It's not easy. I mean, there's not just one way of doing things. There's that's no true. analog plug-in here. Music comes out there. The it, plug-in play days are over. Yeah, you know that <laughs> that's, that's right. done. You gotta yeah. you gotta you know get down and dirty and and learn every console. <laughs> well, that reminds me. I think I, me and you had a talk, and you were going to be coming in and doing some S6L training. Get your chops I did up little, on that. I, I did some. Uh, okay, can I, we I, expect you again in the future? Oh, most definitely. All right. Yeah, well, because you know say, what? I had so much fun doing it. It, you know, it, it had been so long since I was in front of a console. It just made me. It was like. I was alive again. Blood rushed th through my brain. I understand completely. <laughs> it's wonderful. Just, yeah, and that yeah, particular board has uh, got some unique challenges and can be very fun. Yeah. Let's uh, make Super. a date after the show and figure out a time that works for you, and we'll do that. Okay. I'd be happy to. I could sit here and talk to you all night. Um, we'd lose the audience, but uh, yeah, you're, sure. I adore you. <laughs> and thank you very much for coming to our show and sharing your experiences and your stories. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see each other on the other side when this thing put, 
picks up and we'll do some gigs together, do some, make some fun, have oh, some I fun. Oh, I like that. That sounds great. Thank you for coming out tonight. Thanks hey, for so we got me. a couple people that commented. Well, what do you oh. got for us, Kyle? Uh, Kyle Anderson says hello. Robert Turek, uh, also Deanne enjoyed listening to your talk tonight. Thank you. Uh, you bet, Robert. Tony Biancolana. Big T. Can't, can't wait to work with you again. Me too. He's such a delight. Uh, we also got Pat O'Doul chimed in. Hi, Pat. Hi, Pat. Uh, Ace said, I would like to be on this program. I have tons of stories from my years of st as a stagehand, stage manager, and production manager. Well, man, send us your resume. Yeah, please. CV at uh, vedwards sound at sound-image.com, and we will take and see if that fits into our format. We're always looking for interesting, new, wonderful guests. Um, we also got Noah the Beard Tanner on here. The Great. man, the one and only Beard. What's Dude, up, Beard? My New Englander. I appreciate you, Noah. He's in Vegas right now, I believe, doing a show in Vegas, so good for him. Awesome. Yeah, He's working right now. Good I'm very good. Oh, that makes us all yes. happy. We want that for you. And he's just a great guy. And uh, Sean Dame, I love this show. <laughs> I got your brother over on the board right now, Sean. No, yeah, your father, sitting. excuse me. I have your father over on the board right now. And we love him. So. And uh, Sue Kearney also said, you both look great today. So. Hi, Sue. Aww, Give your mom a kiss. Sue's in Arizona with mom today. Aww. Give mom a kiss from us. Lots of love, yeah. Sue. Travel safe, honey. Mm -hmm. Listen, we couldn't do, we, we just do this because we love you guys. We love what we do. We got a lot of friends that are uh, not where they should be right now, which is on the road in front of a board in, you know, at a grandma console throwing lights, doing whatever we all do in this thing. So we do it for you. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I get this done with a lot of help. Uh, right off the bat, I got to send a shout out to my good, good friend, Michael Brown. Michael Brown is back there doing it all on a shit ton of equipment. He's got a million dollars worth of equipment back there that he's making magic happen with. And so thank you, Mikey. I also like to thank uh, the good people here at Sound Image Productions and my brother, the general manager, George Edwards. Thank you, boss, for letting us have the space. And of course, a special shout out to the one and only David Shadone. Dave Shadone is the CEO of Southern California Sound Image and all the incarnations of Sound Image. Thank you, Dave. You're a god. We worship thee. And of course, our good, good friends at LSV. I, they, they provide us a lot of gear. Um, they lost their, their co-owner recently. We had a memorial for him yesterday. It was touching and heartbreaking all at the same time. We miss you a lot, John Rigney. Um, luckily, it's in the, the careful, good hands of Ava and uh, Cameron Brown um, that are still running the shop. You need big lead wall, you need to go large, and I mean big time large, call LSV. They'll hook you right up. Thank you, Cameron Brown and the crew at uh, LSV. And of course, the good people at slowfiber.com. They help us with uh, masks and all of our fabric needs and so on. They built us some custom masks you can see on the screen there so our troops at our different shops can work together safely, feel safe doing that. Thank you, slowfiber.com. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, another shout out to the fact that we are now live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Our shows can be watched at any time on YouTube. You just go to Beyond the Backstage Pass, and there will be 24 episodes there to view at your leisure. Um, we got podcasts out now with Amazon Music, Google, iTunes, uh, Pandora, 
uh, Spotify and Stitcher. So the audio tracks to all these shows are available to anybody that enjoys podcasts. Please check them out. Uh, I couldn't do it also without my good, good friend, uh, the man with the headache on the side of the shop. I hope you're feeling a little better by now. I gave him a, a goofball, and I'm hoping he's feeling a little better. Take the, smoothing uh, it out. Smoothing <laughs> it out. Yes, it's smoothing out. I hit him with a heavy one, brother. So trust me, he, he, got, he got a little relief, I would think. Uh, it was hurting pretty bad. But thank you, Kyle Thomas, for your help. I appreciate you having I, me on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course, brother. And uh, let's see. Next week, we've got James Geddes. Um, how do you explain? Oh, James is coming James. in. He's, he's worked oh. with everybody. Uh, I'd say namely the Eagles. He's got good stories, and he's a great guy. What a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart of a guy. Um, we go back decades with this man. Please tune in if you want to check it out. Here's some stuff. Uh, uh, we'll be around again next Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. Have a great night. Be good to each other. Good night.